Welcome to another episode of the Case Conley podcast. I am Case Conley, and we had a great week of sports, and we're going to look at some of the other sports we weren't able to talk about on the first episode. We're going to talk about the UFC 285 and John Jones' historic victory. We're going to talk about the next couple of weeks of UFC, some big matchups coming up that will be interesting to see, including UFC 286, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. In the O2 Arena in London, Leon Edwards and Kamar Usman will go head-to-head for that Walter Wade belt. We're also going to look at the UEFA Champions League. Big results yesterday. Bayern knocking PSG out. Milan knocking Tottenham out, advancing for the first time in 11-plus years. We're going to talk about the other two games that Chelsea and Benfica were winners in that. We'll also preview next week's second legs. But let's let's start with the Champions League while we're on that. And there are some scary teams that nobody wants to play. And I think the first scary team that nobody wants to play is Benfica. The Portuguese League side, 7-1 on aggregate against Club Bruges. And they're just very dynamic. Gonzalo Ramos is for real. Two goals in this one. He's been great since the World Cup. João Mario. The veteran has been great. He scored. Rafa Silva. They, they have some guys, not to mention in the back. Grimaldi, Otamendi, Verissimo. Guys that have experience, especially experience in these big Champions League games. So David Neres, come on. He scored. So it's a dangerous Benfica team that nobody wants to play. They're really peaking right now. They've gotten hot all of a sudden in the Portuguese league. After getting knocked out by Braga in the uh, in their cup, but they've been they've been hot. And outside of Braga, they haven't lost in around a month. So that'll be an interesting team. Once said nobody wants to play them right now. The way that they're playing, nobody wants to play them. They're at the top of the top of the Portuguese league, sixty-two points. They've only lost once this entire season in the in the uh, Portuguese league. They're a team to watch. They're a team that nobody wants to match up with. The other game was Chelsea Dortmund, and boy, it felt like Graham Potter. His life was on the line, and he came through in a big way. 2-0 went at home in Stamford Bridge, including a big goal by Raheem Sterling, who had a shaky first half with a big goal. Havertz with the penalty, which came with a lot of disputes after Meyer, the Dortmund backup goalkeeper who had to start because of uh, Koble's injuries. Stepped over the line when he saved the first one. Jude Bellingham, big miss, big opportunity missed. He missed a sitter that would have given them a 2-1 game on aggregate 2-2. Overall, this was just a good performance from Chelsea, and Chelsea's in an interesting spot. Graham Potter wants to take his time, and he that, that's just the way that he runs things. Look at how he did at Brighton. Took a couple of years, but then they turned into a machine. And if Chelsea has the patience, it's what they should do with a team this big. I mean, they have over 30 players bringing in all these players. They don't even have some of them on the bench yet. Mudrick, million-dollar man. Multi, $100 million man. Didn't even make any appearance yesterday. 
So it depends really what Chosen wants to do. If they want to take their time and really trust Grand Potter, but that's not, it's not the club that they are. They're not like Liverpool. Might take their time like they did with Klopp. Or even like United in the sense where I think they're going to give Ten Hag some time. They want success and success quickly. It's typically a year or two and then you're out. So do they have the patience for Grand Potter? That's going to be the only question. But this was a big performance. It bought Grand Potter a lot more. Not a lot more time, but a little bit more time. Show what else he can do. They did look good. Ty Havertz. Yeah, is he a number nine? Is he not? He's got to be now. He's number nine on the German team. He's been a consistent number nine for Chelsea. Played very well yesterday. That midfield is huge. Enzo, Fernandez, Teo Kovacic were great. I love that he played the three back with Kukurea, who ended up coming up and attacking a lot. So I really like what Grand Potter is going to do. It was a great game plan. Obviously, it really was unfortunate for Dortmund. Julian Brandt got hurt early in the game. He's been maybe their best player in the last couple months. It was unfortunate that he had to go out, but Dortmund just didn't get enough good offensive possessions. Chelsea did, and Chelsea took advantage of the opportunities. Once again, Chelsea, they have some work to do, but you see where that future is. You see where it is, but do they just give Grand Potter time? That's going to be the only question. Bayern 2-0 over PSG. Knocking Kylian Mbappe out. Chupo Moting with a goal in the 61st. That ended up being the winner. Serge Nabry added one, but it's just not going to work for PSG. You just can't do it. Mbappe and Messi versus the world does not happen. I thought they had some decent opportunities. I, I think... Vitinha had a very disappointing performance for PSG. Very disappointing. Had the open netter opportunity if he takes his time and really just puts one in. Instead, soft kick, Matthias Delict, great goal line clearance. But just wasn't enough in Bappe and Messi versus the world. I thought Kimi played well. Of course, it was also unfortunate Marquinhos went down early. She had to make a couple different subs through that center back spot after Mukiele had to come off at halftime too. But just wasn't enough. I wonder if Neymar makes a difference, maybe, but it was a good performance from Bayern. Upamecano and Delict held up a lot better than they did in the first game, especially in the second half when we saw Mbappe come on. But I think Bayern are still the favorites. It's proven that they are, and they knock out PSG once again in the round of 16. And Tottenham, it was a nil-nil draw, 1-0 aggregate to Milan, and... This Tottenham, Tottenham offense is just ran, ran out of gas. Not a good enough performance from Sun or Kulisevsky. I mean, they just can't put up consistent scoring opportunities. I mean, since the IX win 3-2 2019, they haven't won in any of their knockout matches. It's going to be Milan's first quarterfinal since 2011. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what Spurs decide to do cuz Antonio Conte just didn't work. It just didn't work. Only two shots on target at home in a game where you needed goals. It just needed more. I mean Kane had a great opportunity at the end, but Mainan made a great play. Milan had a couple opportunities Origi hit the post. But Milan did enough, and 
once again, it's going to be interesting to see what Spurs decide to do because that front three, once again, it's not working. Sun out of is not in form. Kulisewski wasn't that great. Surprised we didn't see Danjuma at all. Obviously, Romero with the two red cards that hurt at the end of the game, but it's just disappointing from Tottenham. It really is, and we thought we'd get more. Milan did well enough. They 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 deserved the first leg. Oh boy, we uh, Tottenham's got some issues, and they really need to sort them out. So, kind of looking at a preview of the next weeks on Tuesday, Porto enter. It is one nil on aggregate for enter. But they will be going to Portugal. I think it's going to be a sneaky game. It's going to be a tough game for Porto. It's going to be a lot of Lukaku. Lukaku had to finish in the first game. He's looked good. He's looking better in form, maybe. If Lukaku can put another goal up, I think Inter could do some work. It'll be interesting to see what Porto does. Does Porto, does Karemi and company have a less gaff? I think Inter will win this draw and move on. Main City, Leipzig 1-1 on aggregate after the first game. Where we didn't see Kevin De Bruyne, he will be presumably, we assume, back from the Etihad. I don't think Man City should have any trouble, but it's gonna. It is the Champions League. Napoli and Eintracht Frankfurt. Napoli with a big two nothing win. They have it back in Italy this Wednesday. Frankfurt's got some work to do. We'll see what the reigning Europa League winners what they can do. I think Napoli has been hot. They've maybe been the best team in the world. They will continue that stretch. I'm going to say 3-0 at home, easily advancing on. And the shock of the first legs, Real Madrid after the 5-2 victory. Host Liverpool coming off their 7-0 demolition of Man United at the weekend. See what Liverpool's got. We've seen, we've seen Liverpool do these type of things with how they just scored seven, it'll be interesting to see. But, of course, it is Real Madrid. We do have to take that into account. Real Madrid did play to a scoreless draw. They haven't won in their last three since that game. The draw with Atletico, they lost in the first leg of the Copa del Rey, and the draw to Betis. We'll see how much better they play. They do play this weekend in a, in a game before then. So it'll just be interesting to see. A, if they rest, how fresh they look, but but I don't think they should rest. I think they should really try to find some form in that game. We'll see against Espanyol this at the weekend. It's been a good Champions League. It's been a fun Champions League. I feel like the storylines are changing every other week. We see something new. But I still think right now you got to look at the favorites. It is Bayern Munich. It is Real Madrid. It is Manchester City. I think Milan... Sneaky team. I think Chelsea's sneaky team too. I think Benfica is going to give somebody trouble. Don't know who they're going to give somebody trouble. So when we come back, we will talk some UFC. Past weekend's UFC main event, 285, and this next weekend's fight night, and the weekend after that, UFC 286. We'll be back. <laughs> back to the case Kali podcast and we're talking a little ufc i i watched the entire card prelims included from ufc 285 and 
I'll give you my kind of reaction. Started in the early early prelims, excuse me. In the early prelims, it was the prospects who looked good. Cameron Simon, he continues to 8-0 with his decision over Mana Martinez, even though, once again, two more points were, had to be deducted for eye pokes and groin shots. So it's going to be interesting, but Simon, he's a great prospect in Bantamweight. He really can do it all. That's really what makes him so special. The other big prospect was Ian Gary with his dominant knockout in the third round of Keenan Song in the welterweight. And this Irishman, he is dangerous. And it'll be interesting to see who they give him at welterweight. Do they dare give him a bigger contender? Do they keep building him up? It'll be interesting, but I think he's ready after the performance he had yesterday. He should be ready or perhaps maybe one of the people we're going to talk about a little bit later, Shavkat. We'll just see. Obviously, we don't want to go a little bit too early. Another big win was Amanda Ribas in the flyweight division. Huge win over Viviana Rajo. She dominated, too. She's been kind of floating back and forth. I think flyweight she's going to find is her best spot to be. It's where she looks the best. She dominated on the ground, had a knockdown on the feet. She looked very good. Another, another great fight was in the middleweight. DDP, Duplace. Defeats Derek Brunson, KO'd, threw the towel in right at the end of round two, and he looked great. This is another one of these South Africans with Simons. He looked good. He wants a title shot. He called out a number one contender or title shot. We'll see. Maybe he gets the winner of Adesanya Pereira. We don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he'll get a number one contenders with Robert Whitaker. We don't know. But he has definitely earned himself at 19-2. and two. He has given himself that opportunity, beating Derek Brunson, the man who kind of held the true test of that division. And DDP was great in that test. Cody Garbrandt made his return. It was a decent performance. Trevin Jones just didn't really show up the first two rounds. He had a great third round. Cody just didn't do a lot. It'll be interesting to see... We need to see him do more. He didn't really he didn't really earn, I don't think, another big fight yet. So we'll see what they schedule for him. He, he didn't look bad. He looked good, but a little timid. Trevin Jones wasn't the greatest of matchups for him. And when we started watching the main event, Bo Nickel in his UFC debut with a submission in the first round of Jamie Pickett, and he looked good. He's going to be a problem at middleweight because we don't really have a lot of true wrestlers at middleweight other than Kamsat Chmaev. So I think he fits in this middleweight well. It's going to be interesting to see him grow. We saw a raw athlete out there. We saw a really good wrestler, a little bit raw on the, raw on the feet. He had a couple, good, a couple good strikes on the feet, but we're going to need to see more. I thought he looked great. He took care of business. He did what he did. The other thing that was great was he was so patient on the ground. He didn't force a finish. And he could have rushed the finish a little bit more, could have forced it, but he really took his time, which ended up being very smart. Because when he did take his time, he eventually got that submission. But we see him as the future of that middleweight division. And I don't know when you give him the big chance. I don't know when you give him the big fight. But he has definitely shown that he is, he is that good. He stepped up on that massive stage, first pay-per-view, on the main card, in your first fight, and he took care of business. So it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with him again. Just like these guys, do they keep building him up? Do they give him a big fight? 
Nickel, I think, obviously wants to be built up a little bit more since he's only been fighting for about a year and a half of MMA. So it'll be interesting what he did, but great, great debut for him and great win for Gamrot in the lightweight division. Jalen Turner, I really like Jalen Turner, and Jalen Turner will be very good. I think Jalen Turner will be fighting for a belt one day. He's a little young right now. He struggled with Gamrot on the ground. But Gamrot now has thrown himself in a position at 22-2. and two. We talk about all these contenders in the lightweight division. Bizev, Gamrot, Dairouche. We'll see, obviously, him go against Oliveira in the upcoming months. But Gamrot, on short notice, took this fight, won the fight. Interesting what, what more he has to do to get that title shot. Shavkat Rachmanov, submission of Jeff Neal. Missed weight five pounds over, but Shafka is for real. I knew he was for real, and he was made it to the world that he's for real. 17 and 0. I think he's ready for a title fight. I really do. He's so complete. And we saw him take some shots. We saw him have a chin that held up. I think he's definitely deserving of a top five fight, if not a number one contender's fight. He's been great. He's done everything he's gonna do. 17 wins, all finishes including that submission of Jeff Neal in the third round. We saw, him, we saw him have to get off the canvas a little bit. We saw him get off the mat. We saw him dominate in multi, multiple different facets. We saw him on the ground. We saw him in the ground and pound. We saw him with the kicks. We saw him with the, with the uh, punches, the elbows. He really does a little bit of everything, and that's what I really like about him. He's just not scared. He wants to go finish a fight every time out there. He got the fight bonus, 50K. He's ready. He's, he is ready for a big fight. He mentioned Colby Covington. That'd be an interesting fight. Some people have said, well, let's just give him and Ian Gary and see which prospect's better. Be interesting to see, but he is now deserving of a huge fight. And in the biggest surprise of the night, Alexa Grasso becomes the third Mexican champion, defeating Valentina Shevchenko in the fourth round by submission. And it was, it was another one of those fights where I think Shevchenko was winning. And Shevchenko, she goes for the spinning back kick. Alexa Grasso had been practicing that. Saw her spin, took the back as soon as she saw the spin. It was just, I think, unfortunate timing for Shevchenko. She looked good, though. And, and, and that's what I think about Shevchenko is I, I think she's the greatest female MMA fighter ever. Simply because of what she can do. She did everything. We saw her with the kicks, the punches on the ground. We, we saw a little bit of everything from Shevchenko. And she was lacking a little bit. I think she was, she was trying to force. She was looking for the big shot instead of really taking her time. But she was dominating that fight, in my opinion. Alexa Grasso caught her at a good spot. Alexa Grasso did. Let, let's give her some credit. though. She did catch her a couple other times during the fight. She had her moments. It was really this one that she took the opportunity and took. Obviously, she had been training for that. It was a great preparation. Great once she actually got in the octagon. Just a great move to take the back and get the submission. But that will be run back. But Shashiko, even in a loss, looked fantastic. And it's going to be unfortunate, but that's just, just how MMA is sometimes. It's just you dominate a fight and just get caught once. And we've seen it a lot more. We've seen it with Usman Edwards. We saw it with Pereira Adesanya. Yeah, saw it again with Shevchenko Grasso, but congrats to Alexa Grasso, the third now Mexican champion. And we'll obviously see an immediate rematch, which is what Shevchenko called for after. But the main event, the UFC GOAT, John Jones, 
by submission on Surreal Gan in the first round, and it looked too easy. It was just too easy. There's so much concern of how John Jones looked, how he was, is he ready? It didn't matter. And when we looked at this, there's only one, one fighter in the heavyweight division. Doesn't have a black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he's not a great wrestler. Surreal Gan. John Jones knew that, and he took advantage of it very quickly. Didn't get hurt. Now setting up a rumored international fight week, heavyweight fight against Stipe Miocic, the heavyweight GOAT. John Jones is back. John Jones is dangerous. Nobody wants to see John Jones. Nobody wants to see John Bones Jones. So now looking at this weekend, a couple of big fights on the card. Honestly, it's it, once again, another pretty good UFC fight night. This one not in the Apex, though. Not in the UFC Apex. But it'll be in one of the hotels, I believe. I think it's in the... I don't even know where it's at. Somewhere in one of the hotels, I believe. It might have been the old uh, Hard Rock Hotel. Moved it out of the PI, which I'm happy with. We get a crowd. We get a crowd for it. But Peter Jan will be the main event. Volkov and Romanov in the heavyweight co-main event. Another interest fight is going to be Krylov against Ryan Spann. And Nurmanov, Saeed, 17-2 against Jonathan Martinez will be another big fight at Bantamweight. But UFC 286 is the fight that we are really ready for. That is Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman running it back for the welterweight belt. Co-main event, another big fight between Rafael Faizev and Justin Gaethje. Huge lightweight fight. Marvin Vittori makes his return to middleweight. So it, it'll be it'll be a fun, it'll be a fun card. We'll see Jack Shore, the 28-year-old, 16 and 1 featherweight. We'll see him go at it. Another, another good fight to watch is going to be in the early prelims. Just watch. Just wanted you to watch Jake Hadley. 26-year-old. He's going to be a guy just to watch. Out of fearless MMA. 26, once again, the Englishman at flyweight in his home country. He's a guy just to watch. I, I think looking at him, the way that he fights Southpaw, he obviously won Dana White's contender series with a submission, but he's dangerous. So I think it's going to be interesting to watch him in that early prelim, see how he does in the O2, White Kong. But, of course, that main event, we'll see if Usman Edwards and the weekend after that, listen, we have a stacked, stacked events. The weekend after that, we'll go too far into it, but Cody, Corey Sandhagen, Marlon Chito Vera in a main event. We see Holly Holm in a co-main event. And then obviously leading up to UFC 287. I mean, we are having stacked card after stacked card. We'll have Pereira Adesanya from Miami. Gilbert Bourne, Tori Masvidal in the other co-main event. We see Kevin Holland on the card. Raul Rosas Jr., the... 18-year-old prospect will also be on the main event. Even after that, we'll see the fight night of Max Holloway, Arnold, Arnold Allen for that featherweight, maybe the next featherweight. So we got some great fights setting up, but obviously 285 was a huge week at T-Mobile. We'll be preparing for another big weekend next weekend in the O2. When we come back, we'll look at some of the college basketball results from Wednesday, from Tuesday, and some of the teams that did punch their ticket in and might be the upsets of the tournament. We'll be back.
And to wrap up the show here this week, we're going to talk about some of those teams that have already punched their tickets into the NCAA tournament. A lot of the conference tournaments still going on, but some of them finished either early this week or last weekend. And a couple of teams just to watch who won their tournament. Mostly teams are going to be upset teams to watch. And Charleston, College of Charleston is the first team that you're going to want to pay attention to. 31-3. and three. This is a very good College of Charleston team. Defeated UNC Wilmington 63-58 to 58 in the CAA championship game. This is an experienced team. What The one thing you love to see about this is all five starters average. They have, they have all five starters and another guy off their bench. All average over nine points a game. Very spread. They love to spread the minutes out. They love to spread the shooting and scoring out. This is a team to just watch. This is a very good, complete, veteran, senior-laden team. They're going to cause some issues in the tournament. Another team that I really like is... The, the Northern Kentucky Norse. They won the Horizon League title 63-61 over Cleveland State. And they have a couple guys just to watch. Marquise Warwick averaged 19 a game in the regular season. He's a guy to watch. And also Sam Vincent. He's a big guy for them. Big player for them. Not big guy necessarily, but he's a big player for them. He averages 11 points, four rebounds, but he does more than that. He's very important to this team. Kind of the, the 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 guy that makes this team go. They're going to be another team that nobody wants to see in the tournament. Watch, depending on who their matchup is. They love to play defense. They play really good defense, and they love to shoot the ball. So it's going to be a dangerous-looking team. Another team I really like is this Drake Ball Club. 27-7. and seven. They just beat the Missouri Valley, um, won the Missouri Valley Tournament. It's a huge 77-51 win over the number one seed, Bradley. And they are just another complete team to watch. They're a very senior-laden team. A guy to watch is going to be really, for the Bulldogs, Tucker DeVries. He averages 19, shooting 30, around 39% from three this season. He's going to be the guy that really makes Drake go. But another team that really likes to play defense. They really, they're really great at playing defense. Top 50 in the country in defense. That's going to be a team to watch. And then, Finally, Oral Roberts. If you had, if you remember the name in 2019, they made the run to the Sweet 16, knocking off number two Ohio State. They are back in the tournament for the first time since then, and they still have Max Abesmith, the senior leader of this team, who's averaging over 20 points, top five in the country in scoring. He's going to be the guy that once again makes them go, but they have a lot of senior, a senior laden team. You're going to have to watch another guy. Is going to be Damari Williams. He plays some big minutes. Transfer from Arizona State. Isaac McBride's another guy to watch. A transfer from Vanderbilt. Another one of the guards. And inside, there's a couple There's a couple bigs to watch, including uh, DeShane Weaver. He's going to be a guy off the bench that we've seen. Him and Nate Clover play some minutes off the bench. So once again, we'll see how Oral Roberts plays including their starter, who is a 7'5", 227-pounder. He's, he's been a big player. He's after double digits, Connor Vanover. So this Oral Roberts team, they have a little bit of size. Then Once again, they have the guard play. They are a really dangerous team to watch, especially when it comes into a tournament with that experience of already beating Ohio State and making that run to the V16. Another little team, of course, I think Oral Roberts is my favorite, but this Montana State team. 
25 and 9 out of the Big Sky Conference. Had a couple big wins earlier this season, including at Rhode Island, which is a solid uh, A10 team. But they're 15 and 3 in the conference. They were right at home, only losing one game at home all season. And a couple guys, the Raekwon battle is going to be the guy to watch. Junior guard, he likes to shoot the ball, shooting over 35% from three, but he takes a lot of them. Another guy is going to be their, uh, their big guy, Jubril Bello out of England. He's another guy to watch. He's had a couple of big games, but he's a big, big-time rebounder, averaging over eight rebounds a game. So that will conclude another episode. When we come back next week, we're going to take a look at the NCAA tournament bracket, which is going to come out, look at how our conference tournament predictions did go but it's march madness baby it's the best time of the year thank you for joining us for another episode and we'll see you next tuesday